What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of the Run Happy Podcast. We're here today with Sebastian Lind, the Canadian runner. The first international we've had on the podcast, I think, so far. U25 qualifier for Canada and Nike national runner. Just very excited to have him on today. Sebastian, bro, how you doing today? Dude, I'm doing amazing. It's, uh, it's a good day for a good day. Just went on a run earlier, got another run later, a little double day. But yeah, we're feeling good. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, let's get this thing rolling. Of course. Yeah. Also, um, just for everyone out there, um, Sebastian, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Sebastian Lind. I grew up in Edmonton, Canada, the furthest northern city of a million people. I grew up like I got into run. I've always kind of ran like I started running as a young kid. I remember it was actually like it was like I, I guess it was like the first like school sport you could do. Like I grew up playing hockey like absolutely every other Canadian white kid out there i feel like but i started doing i started my first like memory with running was like running club and then i started doing cross country and was successful at that and then i was kind of around in the background while i played hockey basketball volleyball oh also fun fact i'm six eight so kind of uh you six eight (laughs) yeah that is unbelievable everyone always everyone's always like anyone on the street like like sometimes you know you're i don't know so you're in the grocery store sometimes you get a tap on the shoulder like do you play basketball and i'm like (laughs) they're like high jump i'm like no i'm a distance runner (laughs) but uh, yeah so i kind of i ran all my life and then um yeah so grew up in canada running obviously it was really it was definitely hard to train there especially in the winters gets down to like minus 35 and um yeah so i graduated um took a gap year at first it was like first first idea for taking a gap year was like okay like i could have gone to basically any canadian school like for u sport but their track and field program is indoor track only there is no outdoor track championships and me as i was focusing on the steeple streets at the time i was like why would i do that i'm not even gonna have my event and it's just also just not as like competitive so I took a gap year. I was like, hey, I want to go D1. And that was kind of like the biggest goal for a long time. And then I actually took a second gap year just because it wasn't going to look like I would go to the school I wanted the first time. And then I kind of found entrepreneurship and then kind of did that on the side as running. I got a little bit, I was living in the house with a couple more entrepreneurs and I got, um, I almost kind of leaned too far into that side, but then this outdoor track season I was racing and I was like, okay, hey, I'm not exactly where I want to be. So I was like, screw it. I need to make a big change. I made it big. Yeah, I need to make a big change in my life. And um, I called up my boy, Jose, who I'm actually living with right now. Who started Horizon Track uh, out here at Simon Fraser University, Canada's NCAA school. And I was like, hey, man, like I want to come train, train with you guys. Basically made the decision that day. And now I'm here in Vancouver training and um, yeah, pursuing the Olympic dream. That's awesome. Yeah, so you have a team behind you to train it with now? You know, no, uh, no more solo runs? Yeah, no more solo runs. I was running solo. Like I, so I had a team in Edmonton in like grade 11, but then COVID hit. Cause my, so COVID hit, 
in mid, like spring of my grade 11 year. So I, the only high school track season I got, cause in Canada, it's only grade 10 is the first year of high school. There's no like grade nine. So I only got one high school track season ever, which sucks. Cause like, I would have liked to think I could have won the provincial championship in grade 12, but Hey, we didn't get a championship. But, um, so I had a team in like grade 11, then spring COVID hit grade 11. And I just like, I, I you couldn't train any, with anyone. Right of COVID and I started training by myself and then I actually started training under hammer and axe shout out Joey Beggs who's my coach for like a year and a half yeah that was good and then but still like just training solo and then I had another coach uh my second gap year just training solo and finally I have a team with me the Simon Fraser I think we're the Red Leafs now we used to be another name but they canceled him because politically incorrect <laughs> but um yeah so I moved I moved out here two, three weeks ago. And like looking back on my last year, it's been like, I'm like, dude, like I, I would literally like, what was I thinking training alone? Like it's so much easier to train with a team. It's so much easier to have people to push with and practice like so much easier mentally. Like I could like work my ass off with people in front of me. And it, in my mind, like, it's not even hard. Whereas if I was training solo, it would have been so hard in my mind, right? So definitely having that team around me, like, I definitely now know that um, a team is crucial to, you know, get to where I want to be as an athlete. Like, even like Kipchoge says it, he's like, you are nothing without the team. He's like, only you is 1%, team is 90%. And I'm like, that's so, so. yeah, I got a team out here in Bernabe now. I love that. I love that. Wait, so you said you're pursuing the uh, Olympic dream. What What is that for you? Pursuing the Olympic dream. Uh, it's actually funny. I recently made a, made an Instagram post and it kind of, it kind of went more viral than I thought. Um, and it, I actually have an Olympic tattoo. Here, I'll actually show it. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Got, I got right. one ring. So yeah, I'm pursuing the Olympic dream. Um, ever since a kid, like, I remember, it's like, and it's actually funny that I live in Vancouver now because I grew up as a kid, um, I watched the Vancouver 2010 Olympics, and that was the one Olympics where Canada had the most golds, and it was like this huge national feat. I binged the whole Olympics. I was like seven years old at the time. I was like, I want to be an Olympian. And now I'm in Vancouver training, which is kind of a funny full circle moment. But yeah, like I played other sports in high school and stuff like that. But there's something so special about running and like just being, being like it's all on you and like just being on top. And then that's what got me to choose running. And then like, I feel like anything I want to do, I want to do at the highest level. And for running, that's like the highest level is Olympics. So yeah, the, what does the Olympic dream mean to me is, yeah, I want to yeah make at the Los Angeles 2028 Olympics and yeah, you know, hopefully being the contention for a medal or trying to take that championship in five years time. Like, if yeah, obviously it's five years out and I'm a long ways from that right now, but if you like, how are you going to do it? If you don't believe in, you don't put it out there. So yeah, that's going to be, that's what, uh, that's the Olympic dream for me. Yeah. I love that mentality, man. That's awesome. And I saw that video actually before we reached out to you and I really liked it. Could you tell everyone what that tattoo kind of represents? Because you only have the one ring. And so can you tell everyone a little bit more about why it's only one? Yeah. So I I got the idea when I was it was my actually no I first got the idea when I so this is kind of a side story uh after I graduated I basically like moved to Flagstaff town seven yeah everyone knows everyone who's running knows Flagstaff seven thousand feet 
Uh, I moved. I so I like I graduated high school. I went and raced at the U.S. Nike Outdoor Nationals on Hayward. It was like it was kind of a dream, dream of mine to race on Hayward. Did that and then had my break, like maybe ten days, and then I like got shit my shit my uh, behind out to Flagstaff, and I knew nobody there. I literally went there. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna meet people. I'm gonna meet pros. I'm gonna be like meet top NCAA athletes. I'm gonna train. I'm just gonna live that like monk lifestyle training, and also just like meet other runners that I can kind of resonate with." And I knew nobody. And then I remember I booked my trip for only like ten days, and then I extended it to almost like four weeks. <laughs> and that's where I got the first idea. I was um, I was going on a run with a guy named Tyler. Shout out Tyler Adams if you're watching. I don't think I don't think he's running anymore. Great guy though. Um, I think he's doing boxing now. I respect boxers. Show up here. I'll deep on my Instagram page. You'll find some videos of me sparring my boys. Uh, but <laughs> um, but on the, I was running with him, and the, he was telling me about how um, there's a pro runner in Flagstaff who had an Olympic ring, and it said it said this is your time or something and she then it like that's what it said on one of the rings and then she was going to fill it in later and then i had an idea i was like dang like that'd be hard if you got one olympic tattoo just one ring and then filled in the rings when you make the olympics and i was like it was an idea i'm even getting goosebumps just like talking about this it was an idea i had for a long time and then my first gap year, I was just training a lot. I bumped my mileage from like 50 to like 80 miles a week. It was just like all in on running. Like all I was doing was just sleeping, eating, training, like sleeping as much as I could, recovering as much as I could because it was like such a big drastic change in um, mileage load or just, yeah, workload. And I was just kind of lonely in that pursuit. And I, and I said, you know what? Screwed. Like I'm going to go get this tattoo and it's like as something to look at and be like, dang, like you can't give up. And And then I got the tattoo and... It, once I got the tattoo, I was like, damn, like, you literally can't quit now. You have to give this absolutely everything. And that's how I'm going to live my life. Like, even if I, you know, I, I mean, I said this in my in the reel that I posted when I finally posted it. It's funny. I didn't I just posted it because I was like, screw it. I'm going to put it out there. But then it ended up like getting a lot of positivity just because I guess I put it out there and said like, hey, like, I got this ring. I'm not going to give up till I get the other four. And so yeah, ever since I've had that ring, it's definitely been and it, it kind of ingrained in my mind, like, hey, you are an Olympian. Like this is literally tattooed on you, you have to do this. It's kind of just like, yeah, leaving no option, no other option than to just go all in on it. So yeah, that's kind of the Olympic ring. Man, I I love that. That's a that's that is really uh it's a really cool thing to do, especially like I mean it's it's helping you achieve your goals just by looking at it. So, um, but like with all of that, like what kind of uh, training are you doing? You're doing a lot of mileage. Is this for like steeplechase or what is this? Um, like what, what goal is this? Like, I mean, obviously, obviously I know you want to go to the Olympics and all that, but like what, uh, what event? Yeah. So um, it's kind of funny. I, for the longest time I thought I'd be a steeplechaser because so, I did well with it in high school when it was like the 2k steeplechase. And then yeah, so I like I did well. To, yeah, I got like top twenty U.S. Nats and steeplechase two K high school. And then the next year, I did my gap year. And I just trained so much mileage. Like I was just like Ingebrigtsen lifestyle. Like I got up to like ninety four miles one week. I remember there'd be times, and it was honestly probably like detrimental to my training. But there'd be times where I'd be like, it'd be like nine p.m. in my house, 
And then I saw this one like post and it was like, it was like someone was like dissing mileage and then Henrik Ingerbertson like commented. He's like, no, run more. All we do is mileage. And I like got up at like 10 p.m. and like just went out on a run and finished off the 94 mile week. I was like, yeah, you need to do more mileage. Anyway, so I did that pr- approach for a lot for that year and I thought it was going to work more so because like I was bumping up from the 2K to steeple to 3K steeple. And I was also trying to like get better at the 5K that year. And I did all this mileage, like all this threshold training. I was doing double threshold sessions. Um, and I, it's actually funny looking back too because like I was doing this like without the advice of my coach which is also like a huge mistake i would never do that now because like my coach was giving me training but like i felt like it was too easy so i do more but then it just like didn't end up working out for me so um i thought it was gonna be a steeplechaser for um i guess like my, my first u20 year but like i just didn't really get the results i really wanted in that um and i kind of realized like i trained like as i trained like double i'd ever drained but i was getting like i, I barely peed in pb pb'd in the 1500 that year and i was like okay hey, what the heck like i've trained double and i'm like barely PBing. and i realized like my genetic makeup is obviously you can like kind of change that but like it's more so like 50 50 fast switch slow twitch so like i, w- I wasn't training half my muscle group kind of thing so um I moved back down to probably mostly focusing on the 1500 now, not, not as much the steeplechase, like 1500 and 800, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say, you know, I want to be an Olympian. Like when I say that, I, I, I usually think of the 1500 just because like, I've never had that like pure, um, super, super fast, like raw speed for the 800, but like I still have speed, but not fully that distance that like 10k distance around that kenyan build for the 10k type stuff because like i'm sick you know i got some power in these quads (laughs) so (laughs) that's the 1500 1500 is definitely like my main goal for um yeah this this season and honestly most of my career and I think figuring that out is, as you said, it's a process because you you mm-hmm. learn through mileage and through uh, mistakes in training, per se. I know we've dabbled with a couple of double thresholds, mm-hmm. and uh, they are I- not easy by any means. How'd you guys find the double thresholds? It was, we've done it. So we do a workout. We'll do a workout on like a a Tuesday and then come back on a Thursday, which is what we did today, or or come back on a Wednesday, sorry. Uh, which is what we did today. We did a workout on the track yesterday, and then like a longer tempo today, and then I'm and then we've done workouts in the past where we did one session where we did a like a track session in the morning, more of like an aerobic one, and then came back that night for more of a speed session. And a couple guys handled it really re- really well. I think most of us did, but I remember feeling just thrashed that day. I don't know about yeah, you, back yeah. yeah, yeah, that it was, was a painful uh, one. Yeah, it was definitely. It was uh, it was my first ever double threshold, like the one that he's talking about, and like, man, I was just like about to crap myself because, like, I mean, I was uh in high school, I was already like a really low mileage person, and like, you know, I was still like building a base, and like, whenever they were like, all right, two workouts in one day, I was just like, what the hell? Uh, but like, it ended up going pretty well. Uh, but it was it was really tough. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, I've actually, it's it's kind of interesting. Like, because I first did it, and I was like, honestly, like, 
me first doing it was just like almost like to prove to myself it was a savage. I was like, yo, screw it. I'm coming back in the track at night and I'm doing a second workout. Like I'm I'm built different. They don't they don't want to like me, that type of stuff. Heck but yeah. yeah, it's actually I don't know if you guys ever found this, but like like for me when I did it, it would be like the longer threshold would be in the morning. So it'd be like either three by ten minutes or like five by six minutes or six by five minutes. And then in the evening, it would be like like the like three, either three minute intervals or threshold four hundreds. And th- I remember the first time I did it, I did threshold four hundreds off like forty five second rest. I think I did twenty four hundreds on the track and the next percents, like just oh my God. covering all. And like I remember, like I closed in like, like I kept hitting like sub seventy, which was like, it and it felt so easy at the time. And before I was just like, what the heck? Like I've never ran sub 70s is easy and then i like closed in like a 65 and it was like it still felt easy it just felt like i was floating i was like what the heck so sometimes like it was weird because like it's almost like you your aerobic system would be like activated in the morning and then you come back and you just float so good but like at the same time though i feel like you just like put the training load too high also like another thing to kind of think about like i was listening to a year ingebrigtsen video the other day and he's like uh, someone was asking him about his training method and the whole double thresholds. And he was saying like, yeah, like you might not race well off of it for the first year. It might take you two, three, four, even five years until you um, really race well off of this training because they race off of, he was saying that they like barely even do track workouts. They just race off of straight thresholds. So I don't know, maybe I didn't do it long enough, but at, at the, I, I, it did feel though like I didn't have enough speed um when it came to race day and that in that in that whole year so kind of the tra- the training i'm on now is more the training more i'm more now is like three workouts a week they're pretty hard and then like now i'm hitting like 70 miles a week it's in between that like because i it's funny i did like all this mileage the one year and then the next year i did super super intense like 40 to 50 miles a week like everyone was hard like it was like the easy runs were like a tempo run and my coach was this last year is he was uh yeah, he gave me some screwed up workouts for right, sure like crazy <laughs> it's like it's like on some mad scientist stuff bro <laughs> like <laughs> so that i still like pb in the 800 but then i didn't even pb in the 1500 just because it was way too intense so now i'm like in that middle ground like 70 miles a week hard workouts not doing too much mileage not doing too less so i think that's i think it's gonna work well this week this year because i'm definitely seeing improvements already in training so yeah that's cool wait that's, that's really cool. good yeah I mean, figuring out is always a, a little game, right? You always, yeah. Yeah, you got Well, and also I will say like, uh, like, I mean, I've seen this with a lot of people, but it's like, you know, what you were saying about Ingebrigtsen, like saying the uh, the double thresholds, it might take a couple of years to like master and like get to uh, figure out how to race well off of it. And it's like, that's, I think that's honestly with like any type of training, because I mean, I've seen people that like have struggled like their first year of running and like they're doing the like same thing. And then the next year they're doing like, they're continuing what they're doing and like they just pop off that year. Um, uh, so like, I think it's just more of like consistency and like uh, your body getting used to what you're doing is uh, is really what helps. So, yeah, definitely. Like I heard even I used to like binge Tom Schwartz content just cause he's like, I feel like he's a really good coach. He's coached a lot of good guys and he'd always be like, yeah, like you're not going to see the improvements until two years on the training program. And so, I mean, now I'm definitely going to be on this program for two years just because, like, I think the biggest thing for – also another big thing was, like, yeah, I just didn't have any training partners. So, like, I feel like 
having a training group this year is definitely going to be like, okay, see some good results. Yeah, absolutely. That, that helps massively. Like oh, yeah. when we, as, as college athletes, like in the summer, it's just a grind. Like there's just yeah. a, like no two ways about it. Like you were just out there by yourself in the heat and it is just a grind. So I like, as I respect, I have massive respect for you to be able to do that for like two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the, cause what, what, like, what does your guys program look like down there? Cause isn't, um, from what I take, like at least cross country, like American programs are kind of more just like mileage and grind kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, that is what we've heard a lot of, uh, collegiate teams do for our our team where we try to do more intensity over mileage um this year we've bumped up mileage a bit more and uh a little less on the intensity but like last year it was like you know you'd wake up and like boom workout uh and like there's like not as many recovery days but this this year we're getting some i think i guess one extra recovery day but uh yeah I, i'd say that like i'd say that most colleges do more mileage than uh intensity though like like they try to do a lot of aerobic development than uh than i guess anaerobic so yeah yeah sure. we're, yeah we're definitely an aerobic team i'd say like a lot of long tempos a lot of like yeah. um threshold sessions on the track and stuff like that but yeah it seems like you're figuring it out and i think one thing i want to talk to you about obviously is you've done these 90 mile weeks and successfully, and especially being six foot eight, that makes you fairly injury prone is what I've heard being taller. So yeah. how do you handle your recovery? What does that kind of look like for you? Um, that's a great, great question because this is something I've really been taking way more seriously in the last, like, honestly, in the last, like ever since I moved here to Vancouver, just cause like, yeah, I moved here and it was just like, mindset is like, okay, I literally moved here for running. I didn't move here for business. I didn't move here for anything else. I moved here for running. And um, I kind of took an approach like, well, so yeah, like I've, I've had my fair share of injuries. Like in high school, I was like injured on and off for like seven months with my Achilles. I injured my, I injured my left Achilles and then I injured my right as well. Um, and then I've had like little muscle pulls here and there nothing really too major this last season i did have a pinched nerve in my foot that was just because i was going way too intense though on an indoor track a flat indoor track which is also you know as a six eight guy you're the indoor tracks do not do do you too well just because the forces are way harder on you but um i've always been and this is what i learned in flagstaff when i moved there for when i was there for a month is like i remember talking to actually isai rodriguez and He's like, yeah, bro, I just sleep, sleep, sleep. He like, I like on easy days, he would do his run in the morning, eight miles, and then he'd like go nap and then do a four mile run. And like, I just saw how much everyone was sleeping there. I think sleeping is like definitely the biggest thing. Like, like uh, me personally, I try, I try never to set an alarm. Like, I try never just wake up on, with an alarm just because then if you're waking up with an alarm, like your body's not getting the sleep that you actually need. But this year, this is a big shift I've made. Well, not a big shift. It, it's been it's been progressive uh, over time. But um, my boy Matt Swanson, he runs at LSU. He's like a Canadian record holder in the six hundred meter. That guy is the. I've learned a lot from him. He, me and him were like training partners growing up. Just like been through a lot for together. But that guy for the last five years, he's not put any bit of candy in his body, any bit of bull bull crap in his body like he doesn't he doesn't feel his body with bad stuff ever 
and he's just obsessed about nutrition. Like he eats beets like every day, kale every day, just to like get an edge up on his competitors. And recently, like I've always been like good with my nutrition, but I would always like kind of like, oh, I'm going to have candy here and there. Like, oh, I might have a beer here and there, like drink. But like now I'm like, it's not, it's not like I was like doing that heavily, but like I, sometimes I would. But now in my mind, it's like every time I have like candy or something bad, it's like me getting slower and my competitors getting faster. So I'm just like, now I just don't put any bad things in my body. So I think like nutrition is definitely a big thing as well. Um, so like obviously getting enough sleep and nutrition, but, and then a big mental shift I had this year. Yeah. Like me, uh, Matt's, his name is, he's gonna, this guy's gonna run 146 indoor. Don't, don't worry. He's guy this guy's fast, but, um, I'm just shouting, I'm just shouting on my boy. I love that guy. But, um, we were having a conversation earlier. I think it was like Friday or so. And like, I've always been like, I've always been like, just like maniac obsessed, like work harder than everyone. Like in my grade 12 year, like, because I, I, I was running like 50, 50, 55 miles a week, but I was also like putting on like one to two hours of cycling on top of that every day. Just cause I was like, I was like, I need to work harder and need, need to outwork everyone. But I, but like, it wouldn't always do me well because I was just work overworking my body, working too hard. Like even on my off day on running, I would go cycle for three hours because like I was like, you can't take any days off your aerobic. But now I switched that mindset from outworking everyone by running more and cross training more and doing all the strength work to recovering harder, recovering way more, napping when they're not, doing the stretching, doing the mobility every single day, doing the massage gun, like so like I, I kind of changed that obsessive like work ethic towards actually running to recovery, which is like if you think about it, recovery is when you're actually getting faster running. It's not when you're actually doing the training, it's when you're recovering, it's when you're getting it's when your body's adapting. So I kind of just took that in and I was like, okay, like you don't need to be pounding your body into the ground hard like you should put it you should be putting way more of your efforts into recovery because that's when you're actually eating better so that's that's a big switch i made recently um and now i'm just like obsessed about recovery it's like okay get home eat a great meal food stretch out m mobility massage gun and then like hit a 90 minute nap because like 90 minute is the optimal amount for your rem cycles and like that that's usually like what a typical uh, session like workout day looks like like because if we work out at 8 15 then i come back home cook do all those recovery things take a nap and then um you know do do other things throughout the day and then hit my double later but yeah i've just been really obsessed with recovery and i think that's definitely helped me stay injury free because um yeah if you're not if you're not dialed in recovery you're definitely gonna be injured if you're training hard oh yeah i i love that and like I guess a question about that would be uh, about the nutrition. Cause like, I don't, I've always found that really interesting. And um, like what, what kind of meals do you make for yourself? Uh, just cause like, I mean, I'm curious myself. We, we I have, I'm not the best with uh, my nutrition, so I would, I need to step that up. But uh, what, what are some things that you do specifically in the nutrition area? I think a big thing is like cutting out all bad stuff, like not, cooking it with canola oils, vegetable oils. Like I always cook with either like coconut oil, butter, or a little bit of olive oil, but I try not to do that. Cause like if you heat up olive oil too hot, it's actually bad for your arteries. 
Um, but like some, some meals I have, um, I have a lot of salmon. That's a good one. Honestly, like it's pretty, like it's pretty simple. It's just basically just like cutting out the bad stuff. Like, honestly, I have, I have beef and rice a lot with like some barbecue sauce. Like, uh, I'm, I, and I always like make sure when I, when I like, or like, I think this is the biggest thing is like whenever I go to the store, or if I check something, I check that it doesn't have canola oil or vegetable oil in it just cause those are like really bad for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's so why I, you know, barbecue sauce without canola, without any bad stuff in it. But I have like beef and rice a lot just because like I, I need, yeah, I need to keep the iron high um, with the beef, especially cause like some people, like I used to take an iron pill, but I could, I would feel like I wouldn't really, I would still feel like I was struggling because like the, the, the iron in a pill isn't as like, it's called bioavailable as like the iron you're going to get from beef. Cause it's like actually natural. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, and this is like a lot of like, same with like even protein powders sometimes like, the protein on something could be super high, but because it's not like bioavailable, like your body can't actually actually absorb it as well. So you're not going to get as much of that protein or iron or whatever. So honestly, I like have like beef and rice a lot. Like it's pretty simple. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like ground beef, um, tomato sauce with pasta, um, salmon and rice. I cook a nice, a nice salmon soy sauce and rice type thing. And then I make sure I'm getting, um getting my fruits in i think that's the biggest thing oh another like mental switch is like whenever you feel like you want to eat candy eat fruit because fruits nature candy that that's something i like something i told myself like no no no, you're never gonna have candy you're gonna have fruit and so i like snack on i snack on fruits quite a bit but this is something i learned in yeah i usually try to just like structure my meal it's like yeah 50 percent carbs with, and like whether that be like rice obviously brown rice is better usually um or like potatoes um could be um sweet potatoes sweet potatoes are actually really good for you because they take a lot they're like they're lower glycemic index so like they're better for endurance athletes yeah right pasta stuff like that and then like yeah 30 percent protein and then like 20 percent fats like like learn like i learned that like fats oh yeah i did i did the bowerman um training program in covid i remember and uh, they, they like put us through this whole nutrition guide and I was just like, I, I just absorbed it all. So like, oh, avocados is good, like fats I usually have too. So yeah, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. That's really cool. And uh, wait, what was it? Oh yeah, the sweet potato stuff. Uh, so I hate sweet potatoes straight up. Uh, but because it, you just said that they're good for endurance athletes, I'm going to force myself to eat a couple of those now um yeah. but um what do you so you were saying like canola oils and all that are bad for you like i, I guess I, i've heard that but like i don't really know why do you like do you know why they're bad for you or is that just like um, so there's something called linoleic acid in them and that's like highly inflammatory for your body and it's been linked to like causing cancer and stuff so i try to avoid it that's all that's all i really know about it and I just know it's like it's used in. Oh, well, actually, like the background on it is it used to be the canola plant used to be something called rapeseed, and it was used as an oil lubricant in warships in World War One. But then they had all crops of rapeseed, and so and then they're like, "What are we gonna do with this now that the war is over?" And so they like renamed it canola oil, and then like started putting in foods. So I try to avoid it for that reason, which yeah. is it's kind of. Like, if you look up the canola oil process of how they make it, they have to, like, bleach it, make it a different color because it's, like, pungent and stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't want to be eating. So, That's, yeah. Wow. 
That's really cool. I didn't know that. That's disgusting. Yeah, bro. that yeah. is not. Yeah, I did not know that, which is awesome. I, yeah, I have I'm, a question. There's absolutely no to canola oil. Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. I probably still ate it. My mistake. Say, yeah. Once, once we get out of mm-hmm. uh, the calf at MC, then we will uh, we'll try to do better. Yeah. Get out yeah. of our school. It's, school. Literally everything. So I, I, that's one thing I'm super like obsessive about. I'm like, if that's canola, get uh, like don't put it in my cart. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Focusing on nutrition is just a leg up on so many people, I think. Just no one really It's not even just for yeah. running, it's just for life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because people, you know, people be people be getting sick and I'm sure it's because of food. Yeah. Like a lot of the time. But I have a I have a question. So it seems like you've you've been able to discipline yourself really well, but uh, how old are you? I'm 20. So you're 20 and you've is just really interesting to me. So like there must be a lot of temptation from friends or people to like want to go out or like party or, you know, just kind of kind of tempt you away from your your main goal. How have you been able to like stay driven? And you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good topic because I mean, everyone yeah, like every like it feels like it feels like always feels like you're missing out as like a young kid and stuff and like um yeah, like and it's such a it's such a common thing for like kids our age to do. Um and I feel like I've definitely kinda have like learned that over the years. Like, you know, it's like I've it's it's not like I've been that guy to like it's not like I've never been to parties or anything, like when I was like eighteen, even like nineteen the last year or whatever, I guess. I still like went sometimes kind of thing um but like my mindset now is especially after like moving here well honestly like ever since i started this new like training block this new season it's kind of been this way but especially since i moved to vancouver it's like hey you literally moved cities you left your family behind for running um so it's just like i have to be all in on it like and like now i think it's to the point where like i want it so bad that like I'm and I'm so obsessed about it that doing anything that is gonna put me back in that journey, like I'm like I I just wouldn't do, like I, it's like I don't I don't find, and honestly I think I think even some part of like the, I think some part of like the party like wanted to go party is like you know go talk to chicks or whatever, but like I feel like once you once you find like a loyal girl as well, like you don't that temptation isn't really there because you're like you're on your mission. She's supporting your mission. And so it's so like, why would I go to a party? You know? Um, so I like, honestly, like, and, and, and just like for anyone out there, like that might be listening. That's like, kind of wants to go party and stuff. Like, like I, I swear this happens every time at a party, like you end the night and you're like, okay, what really happened? Like, why did I even go? And like, you're really not missing out on much. Like that moment when you're, standing in the podium at the race that you've always wanted to win at is going to like, you're going to be so glad you like stayed in at night and did that compared to like going out to the party. Like I feel like going out to the party is just the thing that everyone does, but it's like, it's, it's like, who are you trying to be? Are you trying to be everyone? Or are you trying to be great? Yeah, that's beautifully said. Yep. That is a great mindset to have. Reminds me. I love that you use the word obsession. I really, I really like that word because I like David Goggins and he says that a lot. And <laughs> I really I feel like it's a bit of a Goggins mentality. What what started this obsession? Like what got you addicted to running like this? 
It's funny that you say uh, addicted because um, I actually, for a while, I mean, I, I, I'm not like fully focusing on it. I've kind of like focused on other like business stuff, but like for, for, for a while I had a clothing brand. I mean, it's still, it's still, it's still a clothing brand. I just haven't done a drop in a while, but clothing, clothing brand called victory addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like what started it, and this was kind of like the whole thesis of the brand um, was yeah. In grade two, um it was like my first ever cross country race and my you know i was like i told i told my dad because my dad used to run a bit and i told my dad hey dad i'm gonna do cross country he's like okay we're gonna train you then and he would take me to the cross country course and he trained me and i remember like leading up to that grade two race like I i would do workouts multiple times a week with him and like just get fitter and then i went to that race and i went and ran the race and i remember it was around a lake and my dad would always, he would always like ingrain tactics in my mind. It's like, don't make the move until you know you're going to win. Stay on the guy's shoulder. And then once you see the finish line, go like hell home and don't look back. And I like, he played, like he, he would play the race in my head before like it happened. And then I went and did that and like won the race. And there's like 300 people in the race. And like looking back, like it's like a little race and it was an elementary race in grade two, second grade. Right. But that feeling of running down the finish straight and there's people lined up along the side and everyone's cheering and no one is in front of you. You got 300 people behind you and you cross the finish line and you're in first place. It makes you feel like on top of the world. Um, That feeling of just winning, like I've yet to find anything else in my life that is even close to that. Like no, like I played high level hockey before, I actually played on, used to play on the same line as this guy who's in the NHL now. And like knowing that that could have been me, but it's not me. And that I chose running makes me like obsessed about wanting to do this. Um, but yeah, like I've played other sports and like nothing is the same. Like no amount of money you make in the day, no three pointer you shoot, you shoot with your shot with a girl. Nothing, nothing feels the same as winning so just that i guess this is yeah it's an addiction to victory just because like nothing else will be able i feel like be able to fill that same feeling in my life so i just want to feel that on the highest level that's all i mean yeah no i completely understand that uh i don't know we i didn't race that uh that young but we did the the pacer test i don't know if do you know what that is have you heard of that I think is it the beep test or yeah, yeah, test, test. yeah. all right sorry yeah and like winning that I mean it was definitely nowhere near what you did but like it was like oh my god I I am faster than all these people like, <laughs> uh, like it's just uh, it's like because it's uh it's not really uh like it's not really how many points you made that game or whatever it's like straight facts like I did this completely over you like this mean this means that I'm better uh yeah. and I and like that like- a lot. Yeah, that's what that's also why I love running so much. And like the only two sports that are pure competition are running and fighting because there's no disputing who is the best. Like if you win the race, you win the race. You have the time, you have the time. In fighting, it's like, hey, if you knock the other guy out, you win. I guess yeah. there is some disputing if there's no knockout in fighting. But that's why I chose running over like these sports like hockey and basketball. It's like I sometimes I'd like get screwed out of like a making a team out of politics or like stuff like that. And I just didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't like a sport that was a bit immeasurable and now, but yeah, hundred percent, like even 
you're talking about the pay strip test and being like, yeah, that's right. Like I, I am the fastest guy here. Like, it's like that. I feel like that feeling as a kid gives you a lot of confidence. Like you're like the fastest kid on the playground. You know, I feel yeah. like that's where it kind of like, you're, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm good at something. Like I'm like, I feel powerful when I'm doing it. You know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I agree. Yeah. I love that mentality. And I mean, speaking of during a race, so as you're winning, uh, that's obviously a really good feeling. But in the race, what's kind of going through your head, like mentally, like, like what sort of like so, what sort of like psychological stuff do you like to tell yourself? Like, you know, what keeps you in it when it's hurting in a race? I'd say like almost kind of like you almost almost it's like Kobe kind of talks about this. Like you tap into like a different side, like, and it's almost like it's almost like you like tap into your dark side. Like when it starts hurting in the race, like you think of like it's like kill or be killed. Like you, like you're like tap into like, okay, like I'm not going to let this guy beat me. Like I got to like hunt this guy down. Um, I remember, um, what was his name? Nathan green actually, which he talked about this after he won the, the mile at, uh, Nike outdoor nationals in like four flat, but it's just like, it's like in that last lap, almost just kind of like releasing this. Like he said, he's like, he's just like, like white, white, hot, anger like it's like it's like it's like you're just gonna unleash like your power and just like give it absolutely everything um and just like just 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 just, like i I remember this is my dad my dad would always tell me like because yeah he 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 did a lot of like good mental programming beyond me as a kid you know like going into races because he would always like instill these race tactics and then another thing he would talk about is um like unlocking your fight or flight he's like he's like you need to be able to tap into that and like unlock your fight or flight it's like are you gonna are you gonna back down are you gonna finish the race easy or are you gonna like get your nervous system right up like as if you're about to you know as if you're you could you're about to die and you're gonna fight and you're gonna go give it absolutely everything um so that those those are some of the thoughts i have just like unleashing your fight or flight and honestly, just like, cause it is a competition It's like treating it the same way you would treat a boxing fight. Like, it's like, okay, like you got to go beat your competitors kind of thing. Like you, you like almost kind of not being like, well, honest, honestly, kind of doing this, like being like, I hate my, like not, not hate, but like, I really want to beat my competitors. Like, let's take them down type thing. So. Yeah. I completely understand. That's awesome. Like, Mamba mentality. Uh, <laughs> but, um, exactly. yeah, I, I guess uh, we'll start wrapping it up here. Uh, we, we'll ask you one more question, and it is, uh, what is your best or favorite racing experience? Like, I would say, I would say, oh, well, I, was, I like, like, maybe, like, there's, like, maybe, like, two, and it's kind of funny that these are the two, because, like, they're so different. Like, ra- like, one of them, but, like, one of them, would, I'd say, would, like, was, like, racing on Hayward at us nike internationals and it was like could because like when i was when i stepped on that line because like it, like coming from canada like i always see everyone running fast in the states i see how much more attention they give track and i was like oh like i want to go do that just because this track isn't as big in canada and like i remember like stepping on that line being like okay this is this is the race this is the race i want to be racing in like i'm finally like on the stage that i've always dreamt of being um, and then just racing that race and just, yeah, ra- like racing that race and yeah, like just giving it absolutely everything. 
Um, I know I don't end up getting top twenty, but like I, I, at the same time, I, it's not it's not immediately my favorite race out of ever, ever anything, just because I just not like I, just, I didn't win the race, you know. Like that's obviously always the goal. Um, but it's funny that and, and it's not even a race that I won, but I don't know why it's like this. Um, and then the second race, my favorite racing memory. It's funny. It's funny how it's like elementary races that I think of that are so fond. Um, there was this race it was called the Edmonton Indoor Journal Games, and it was an 800 meter indoor four lap race. And I raced in a grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five, grade six. And my dad kept he was training me every year. He's like, you know, grooming me to try to like win the race or get a medal in it or something. And um, I came back every year, and I was like, I remember the great. I remember those something about this race was like an elementary they'd make you race two rounds so there'd be a semi-final in the morning and then a final in the afternoon and like i remember the final was like super nerve-wracking i made the final in grade five but then i didn't get a medal but then i remember it was like grade six day it felt like it was like <laughs> like it, it's obviously like a small race but like looking back as you, when you're a kid like your your dad hypes it up so much it's like yo it's like my whole life has leaned up to this and then i went into the race and like like it like he like i've been saying like the racing plan that he always put in my mind is like get out first lap get out nice and hard but then settle in second lap and then third lap you set it up and you wind it up for the kick and i remember i was in like fourth or fifth the whole race and then like last lap i started winding up the kick got into fourth and then like passed the guy on like the last bend third and then almost got second and like it was like is and then and then i got the bronze i only ended up getting the bronze medal but that like feeling of coming back year after year after year after year like trying to get the medal but never but then finally getting it was just like and then there was like an award ceremony and like the whole family was there and then we went off to dinner after like that type of stuff that was like a really good memory so i'd say yeah elementary grade six bronze medal at the edmonton indoor journal games and then obviously racing on hayward um yeah i'd say we're yeah maybe two, two of my biggest or my, my most fond mem running memories, racing memories. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, it's just like th what we were talking about earlier. It's like that slow process. And like, you know, you can like you were just explaining that, you know, with, you know, throughout the grades or years of uh, running, you slowly eventually got to like where you were uh, on the podium. I don't know, I think that that's really cool progression. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really cool, bro. That's awesome. Uh, but this seems like a pretty good place to stop. So. Sebastian, man, we've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you did as well. Awesome. Yes, sir. Heck Thanks yeah. A lot. This is a, it was a great podcast. It's been sweet. I appreciate it, bro. But yeah, this has been the seventh episode of the Run Happy Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.